The following content will not feature any flat tummy tea ads. Thanks to listeners like you. Start the show. A diarrhea package. I'm gonna say laxative for Instagram models. Grand Rising. I don't know what the fuck that means. Actually, I was about to say, what does that mean? That was, you know, they, they just they just say that. Like the Instagram model, models just start saying that shit. I'm not gonna lie to you. the The sign that the sign that I know I'm aging out as a millennial is that I have no idea what the fuck language anyone is speaking at any time, of day or night anymore what the fuck is grand rising it out of context it just sounds racist so i was just like what it is does that? sound a little like yeah it sounds a little brotherhoodish. Sounds like a, a call to arms i was like man what you yeah mean? Or, or like the confederacy or some shit yeah i got eyes out here throwing out codes let me tell you something i don't understand what anybody's saying anymore and the, and the pandemic only excavates this you know how i know because it, it, it one minute it's uh, Grand Rising, my brother, which uh, which usually tells me that you're about to sell me some prepaid legal or some shit, because you know all the all the pyramid schemes now have to get religious, mm-hmm. or now they or or now the language I don't understand. They everybody speaks fucking like astrology has become a language. Everything goes back to oh that's oh he, oh he's just being a Scorpio. I'm definitely being a Gemini today. <laughs> Just so y'all know. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand what the fuck anyone's ever talking about anymore. Scrap Girl said manifest. She's manifesting. I don't know what the fuck... And, and she's not the only one. I was okay. just, for example. I don't understand what the fuck manifest is. Okay. Sure. And and I, I get it to a point. It's like, oh, you're, you're, you're headed towards your goals and all that. But why aren't you just doing it? Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Manifesting the way millennials, and this is my age group I'm talking about here, say manifest just sounds like you're fucking daydreaming. Yeah, it sounds like you're you're writing it down for future reference. For future reference. Yeah, just do the shit. That's how this podcast came about. A year of manifesting led to this podcast. Niggas plus information plus alcohol. Equals opinions while black, your black ass cheat sheet for the weekend foolishness and fuckery. I am your boy Oz. And I am slowly losing my grip on reality. <laughs> week by week. Every day is still Monday, Randall. It is still Monday. It is still Monday. It's not stopped being Monday since like March. Yeah. And every day is also yesterday. <laughs> I also watched the bootleg of Tenet this week, so. Any good? I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Okay. Um, Fair enough. I will say that there are, I will say that there are things in this movie that you probably have not seen done in other movies. Okay. Um, I will say that John David Washington is definitely, if he's not now, he's going to be an A-list actor. Oh, shit. He's, he's, actually, he's actually a good actor. Okay. Okay. Um, 
And I will also say that whatever Christopher Nolan was on when he wrote this movie, I would like to sample just a bite of it. It's that bad shit. There, there. It's, it's, it's a concept that feels familiar. Sure. But at the same time, he kind of turns that concept on his head, and you're like, "How did you even think of that shit? Like, oh, why? Okay. Why would you even think of that shit?" That sounds like that sounds Nolan. That sounds like the guy who did the Prestige. Yeah, it's definitely a movie that you will probably have to watch twice. Okay, I can live with that. But, um, you know, and just in full disclosure, in the COVID era, I was not yet ready to go to a movie theater, so I found the Korean bootleg of it and watched it in its poor audio quality. But that doesn't really make you a. That doesn't really make you a bootlegger. That just makes you a survivor. True. But I still paid for a ticket. Well, there you go. So. There you go. It all evens out. So if y'all sue me, I got the receipt from Fandango. All right. All right. I can I can get with that. Uh, it is. We're recording this on Labor Day. Yeah. Uh, we're recording this on Labor Day, presumably as the outside world is catching coronavirus. The whole outside world of Houston. Because... I saw niggas hella turn up over the weekend. Chapman and Kirby. Chapman and Kirby, goddamn. Like nothing's wrong. All you goofy fucks. There were no there was not a mask in sight. Even GT, who was DJing the shit, did not have a mask mm-hmm. on. No nope. social distancing to speak of. Y'all were closer than y'all normally are in normal times. Right. How do y'all accomplish that? Do y'all really do y'all really need to be out? Smoking hookah that badly? That's what fucks me up. Is it really... Like, are you outside saying it's worth it? And a lot of y'all look like y'all weren't really even having fun. Y'all just kind of sitting there just like... Looking at each other. Yeah. Or looking at your phone. You didn't look like you hadn't seen these people in ages. Houston gonna be the walking dead until like 2025. I see it now. Good. I see it now. Y'all done fucked this up. Completely. Um. Uh, this week, want to give out flowers to Kyrie Sharif, the creator of Space City Shows, Houston's first black-owned drive-in theater. Mm. Drive thri- drive-in theaters are coming back. Yep. In the era of social distancing, I'm happy about this. To be honest with you, I think that was a thing that should have never gone away. Yep. Um. And now they're back, and he's playing black-ass movies at Space City shows. He started off with, uh, what was it, Rush Hour 2 Love and Love Jones. Yep. Love Jones in a, in a drive-in theater is the perfect venue to get your dicks up. That's pretty much all that's going to happen. And then they're following up this week with Love and Basketball. Ooh, okay. And Friday. Okay, I'm with it. So there will probably be a lot of sex and or a lot of weed. 100%. If you are looking for if you are looking for a good date night, and it's in Edo. I yeah. hate I hate the term Edo. It's in East Downtown. Um which is already a nice little area, nice little gentrif- semi-gentrified area. Yep. So if you are looking for a good way to do your date night, there's some good places over there to to get drinks and shit. And then uh, you go to Space City Shows, and, um, you know, whatever happens from there, happens from there. It's all inclusive. 
I suggest you do this and get in on this before niggas discover it. Oh, it's, it's going to be a club in a month. Bruh, somebody was handing out flyers for a juve party, I think, which I think is probably happening tonight. Uh, rain be damned. I was like, with well, this rain. <laughs> they don't care. They didn't care the last time. That's true. Um, for those of you that don't live in the greater Houston area, um, Houston took its shot at trying to do a West Indian centered event like uh like they do up in New York on the East Coast for Labor Day and uh niggas discovered it and they were shooting. Of course. Um just for just for you newcomers to Houston, nothing good happens after sundown on Almeda Genoa. Or or before sundown. For the most part. <laughs> or really before. So. There's nowhere to turn up on Almeida Genoa safely. Um, so if something's on out. If a, if a function's on Almeida Genoa, just go ahead and pass that up. Um, so, yeah. A lot of, lot of coronavirus going around this weekend. Um, you know, get yourself tested. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm happy about the return of drive of drive-in theaters. Yeah. I'm happy about a black-owned drive-in theater. Absolutely. Um, you know, when you know, he's started making money, getting licensing for bigger and better movies and shit. And then, you know, it's coming. They're going to pull up the turkey leg hut truck. <laughs> 100%. It's going to be that turkey leg tr- that turkey leg hut truck and you're either going to be in line getting turkey leg hut or you're going to be in your car getting your dicks up. Three people will be watching the movie. <laughs> Three people will be watching the movie. Hey. Um, some of you who can multitask. Uh, so, shout out to Kyrie Sharif. Um, thank you for your contribution to the culture. And we go right into Human Sanctuary. shit. God damn it. We missed a lot between episode 103 and episode... Mm-hmm. What is this? 104? It's 104. 104. One of them, one of the things that happened right after we recorded immediately is the untimely death of um, actor Chadwick Boseman, uh, most notably who played the Black Panther. But um, it was a sad day, man. Like I, and I think I think we both we both decided that we were just not in a frame of mind to jump back into the swing of things. Yeah, um, you'll notice we missed a merch day. Mostly because we didn't feel right hawking merch a a day or two after Chadwick's death, right? Um, because there's just a level. There's just a, a, I thought there was just an unspoken level of respect for the dead, especially for somebody that's that important to the culture. He played pretty much. He played a lot of important people to the culture. Yeah, James he- Brown. Jackie Robinson. He died on Jackie Robinson Day. He died is... on Jackie Robinson Day. He played Thurgood Marshall. Yep. And it was... It hit me different because you just know when you've lost somebody. You you just know there are certain people that are just different. Mm-hmm. That are just on another level. And it felt like we were only just beginning with Chadwick Boseman. Right. He was only 43. He was 43. was super young. And had been battling colon cancer since the age of 37. 
and you know it it really and again this is not about me sure but it it really hit me because you know obviously he was a very private person he didn't let anybody know man that was the best kept secret of all time yeah and i remember we addressed it when we saw the photos of him looking a little sickly a while back and how people were clowning him about that and we said at the time you never know what people are going through so you don't um and 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 some people took exception to the fact that he kept that information from everyone first of all it's none of your fucking business it's not but you have to it gave me an appreciation of knowing what knowing what he knew about his condition and and obviously looking staring mortality in the face Mm -hmm. he really made an effort to maximize his contribution to the culture during that time and that that part you know when i woke up the next morning i was i was i was hurting because i was like damn you know and this is somebody who's basically you know he's basically our age yeah our generation um it's tough. It was. It's tough. Talking to my 14-year-old niece, you know, she she's at an age where she grew up with Marvel movies. First Marvel movie I took her to was Avengers back in 2010 or whenever that was. Mm-hmm. Um, 2012. I don't know. Whenever it was. That's when I took her. And since then, she's gone back and watched the whole catalog. But she's been following the the Marvel Cinematic Universe since then. I remember her being excited when Civil War came out and seeing Black Panther on the screen and being yep. geeked about that. And then, of course, with the movie, she was really, 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 really into the movie. Took her to see it a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was even more excited about the women in the movie, excited about Shuri. But at the same time, the significance is, you know, and I'm kind of jealous, is that yeah. at her age, she was able to see a major superhero on the screen that looked like her. And at the time was, you know, shattering records for for what it brought to the screen. And to, you know, to talk to her now about his passing was very, very sobering. Yeah. And it's um, it was just a sad occasion. And, you know, I I think for me. It hit it hit different because, you know, you just know there's something particularly special about some people. Mm hmm. Um, you have great actors, and then you have just different artists. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I think that there's this kind of, I, for me, there's kind of this unspoken idea I have in my head that there are people that are a certain kind of different have a different lifespan. True. And I think that's unconsciously why we pay such close attention to niggas like, Kanye to niggas like Childish Gambino. Yeah. Not even that they're just legendary or untouchable or great, but there's just something different there. And, you know, why people pay such attention to people like that. Frank. Yeah. I put Frank in that in that category. <laughs> uh and, and and I think they know it too. That's why that's why when they achieve a certain level of fame, they stop talking to us. Yeah. Um, you know, Donald Glover, Gambino, as soon as he got to a certain level of fame that afforded him his privacy, he stopped talking to us. Same thing with Frank. Mm-hmm. 
And so seeing that happen to somebody as special as Chadwick Boseman, somebody as unpretentious, someone as what I from what I can tell genuine. Yeah. That had this level of talent to him was very sobering and it hurt. Very and sobering. The thing that hurt me even more is that he hadn't been dead a solid day, 24 hours before, for me. Now, Randall doesn't really social media like that, but for me. I was getting direct texts. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, for, but the conversation immediately shifts to what are we going to do about Black Panther 2? Are we going to recast? Are we going to, mm. oh, what's going to happen? What's Marvel going to do? As if what we have to say has any bearing on what Marvel does or what Ryan Coogler does at all. One, it's too early to be having that. Like, y'all really just stepped over a man's corpse to talk about fucking Black Panther. Right. That's some cold shit. And the reason and the reason it set me off so bad, I actually, I, I had a little exchange with uh, Mark Fury, who has been on this podcast before shout out to mark fury love you <laughs> to death um who who was like this is how some people cope this is how some people cope why are you policing i'm not policing anybody because i'm not the police mm. i don't have that ability but i think we also have entered a a a, a, a place in time in the culture where niggas can't or don't want to be told shit anymore Right. You can't take away my right to be to act however the fuck I'm acting. But sometimes, and 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 what blows my mind about it is that now everybody's like, "This is how we cope," but in no way interrogating the death of Chadwick Boseman itself. Right. Everybody's just talking about, "Oh, who are we going to recast?" The first thing I saw on my timeline was a picture of John David Washington. No. And somebody talking about recasting. No thank you, first of all. Oh, I mean... I like John David Washington, but no thank you, first off. Second, um, that's avoidance. That's not coping. That's avoidance. Because you jump right into a whole other thing with, uh, with completely different people who are not Chadwick Boseman. And somebody's family has to interrogate this. Somebody's family has to see this every day on social media. Right. Someone's family, his family, his wife, has to deal with that. And what disappoints me so much about that is that when Kobe died and, and, and people wanted to talk about his rape case, Uh-oh. everybody wanted to jump up my ass. People tried to have me canceled talking about there's a time and a place for everything. When someone dies. Mm-hmm. There's a time and a place. There's a time and a place for that. Someone's family has to see that. When Which, Nipsey died, y'all tried to exalt Lauren London to fucking Betty Shabazz status. <laughs> That's true. There's a time and a place. And y'all y'all treated Betty Shabazz y'all treated uh Lauren London like like she was some fragile creature. We have to be sensitive to the family. The family. We have to be sensitive. Where the fuck did all that time and place shit go now? I don't hear anybody talking about it's a time and a place now when it's time to talk about a fucking movie. Mm. 
keep the same fucking energy. Same. Because I guarantee you, if somebody you know died and you had to look at somebody in the same room, talk about, well, damn, that's fucked up. He's gone. What are we going to do about spades night? I can 100% guarantee you, you would slap the shit out of them. And no one would blame you. Respect something. Respect, something. respect for the dead. Respect something. And it fucks me up because it, it, it goes back to the Kobe thing and tells me that y'all didn't really mean all that shit about time and place. Y'all just didn't want to talk about rape. Mm. It's nasty, y'all. It's nasty. It's disgusting. It's gross. Y'all really walked over. Chadwick Boseman really was a great man, and y'all didn't do shit to honor that. Y'all aren't doing shit to honor that. He wasn't in the fucking ground, and y'all are talking about a fucking movie. Have y'all noticed who, who hasn't said anything about recasting or what Black Panther 2 is going to look like or what's going to happen with that franchise? Mm-hmm. Marvel and Disney. Facts. So... <laughs> And stop sending me the and stop sending me that link that says they did. We got this covered is not a trustworthy website. And all that they said, I think I think uh I think Kevin Feige yeah. issued a statement and said I thought so with his family right now. Obviously that's something that we'll have to address someday. Because y'all won't leave him alone about the shit. That's it. Ryan Coogler even said, you know, actually he didn't say shit to y'all. But he, he penned a nice eulogy to to Chadwick himself. So y'all need to stop trying to exactly what, what do exactly what Oz said and stop trying to avoid the shit. Like give people time to mourn. You need to mourn yourself. Part part of the reason why we're so fucked up now is because people are afraid to mourn. They just want to get over shit. We don't deal with anything at all. We just want to get over we want to get past it. And y'all do your friends like this, too. So don't act like that. Y'all do your friends like this, too. Anytime somebody's going through some shit, well, go get some therapy. Mm. We need to go ahead and have that. We, one of these days, we're going to have the discussion about how get some therapy is just uh, it's just mo- new millennial Gen Z niggas ways of saying, I don't want to deal with you right now. Bing, 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 bing. That's all it is. Because the world... You you have no idea how how much better things would be made by someone just going. I'm sorry that happened to you. That that costs you nothing. Nothing. I'm sorry that happened to you, bro. That's it. But yeah, y'all don't know how to deal with shit because y'all don't respect a goddamn thing. And y'all and and as far as I'm concerned, y'all did this man's death dirty, and y'all did his family dirty, and. I don't want to hear shit about a time, and so I don't want to hear shit about a time and a place when somebody problematic dies, and y'all don't want to, and y'all don't want to confront it. And even if somebody problematic dies, y'all just need to shut the like. We just people just need to learn. And again, just because you thought it, you don't have to say it, right? And that's what it boils down to. You don't have to. Every thought in your head isn't that important. There were a lot of things that I could have said about Kobe when Kobe died because there there were. Again, I don't. I never knew him I as had a person. Things to say about Kobe, right. when Kobe died. but I also understood that, regardless of how I felt, people were genuinely affected by his passing. Yep, and I gave people space to breathe. It was not the time nor the place for me to interject my personal opinion in a moment of grief for people. And y'all don't have that same energy now, and it drives me crazy. And it just. 
if we're gonna if we're gonna go into this new frontier in the Black Lives Matter thing in the Black Lives Matter era where every all the cards are on the table now, if we're gonna move forward as a community, we have to communicate our feelings and we have to communicate with each other better. And sometimes we have to know when it's time when when there's some shutting the fuck up involved. Mm. And that time is usually all the time. A lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. Great deal of the time. Um Yeah, man. So rest in peace. Rest in peace, Chadwick Bozeman. We love you. We miss you already. Um His is definitely a light that will not be replaced anytime soon. Um I'm gonna be heard about this for a little bit. Mm. Um I guess with that song of the week. Um, song of the week, new SZA. SZA has not put out any has not put out any solo content in quite some time. Is it like three years? Or am I tripping? It's at least three years. Okay. Control was a minute ago. Okay. Control was like season three of Insecure. Like that's just <laughs> shit. Um so new SZA featuring Ty Dollar Sign and someone else I don't have in front of me. This is hit different. Pour yourself something, get comfortable, we're gonna have a good show. And we'll be back we'll be back with more opinions while black. Let's go. It was in the air from the beginning, even if you wasn't mine. Scared to admit my shortcomings left to overdraft in this affair. Declining. Quicker than we started, evidence we misaligned and not the more in love with you each other. Something wrong with me, I like the way you screw your face up, trigger me right when I need it. You wrong, but I can't get away now too. It's a shame and I can't blame myself. Keep it loving you, you do it this All that I know is mirrors inside me. They recognize. It's different, it's different, it's different when I'm sitting here alone all by myself It's different when I think you might be with somebody else It's different, it's different, it's different, it's And it's not all me. that I know is 
Bless a feature. He, he he blesses a situation. I have to admit. Uh, he is the new Nate dog, though. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on! No, no, no. He we're is, not. We're not. We're not gonna take it there. Nope. Nope. That man be singing about some filthy shit. And Hold up. It. Hey. I mean, there will be no real replacing he, Nate dog. But he is the feature dude that will sing some filthy shit for you. Yeah. He he hasn't he hasn't made that mark yet. He's, he's Smoke just, weed every day. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, Ty ain't there yet. We were just noting that it is, it is pouring, it is raining fucking cats and dogs outside. Thunder, lightning, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, it has not stopped the show. And that niggas will still be trying to go to this juve party tonight. Yeah. I already know. I see it. They're still going to be sailing those Trump boats today. Real talk. <laughs> just goddamn Trump boats. <laughs> Oh man! Did you, did you see that shit? I laughed. I laughed. I laughed. At, 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 you know, four boats couldn't make it through Lake Travis. Couldn't make it through it. And they're like, "Someone help! Please Lake, help! Please help!" To get the, sunk, sunk three of them. Had to get the Coast Guard. 
Oh, that was that's hilarious. <sighs> well, nobody panic. I've been on several boats. I've done this before. I'll get us out of this. Yeah, but those boats, someone else was sailing the boat. You were just on it. I take it back. Everyone panic. I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Call 911. <laughs> Melania. Call 911. Oh, Melania's gone. Oh, Melania's. Melania can't wait. One of these days, she's just going to escape. Um, so, yeah, what else is going on? Oh, yeah, it's fucked up. We didn't have much of an RIP section past couple of yeah we've had a little bit of a break episodes and then we just get hit with everything cliff robertson yeah cliff robertson of the portland trailblazers legendary uh for the portland trailblazers died yep um john thompson died man that's a big one the first black coach to win an ncaa title yep coach, um, coach the likes of patrick ewing alonzo morning Kimbe Mutombo, Allen Iverson. He 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 was he is he is definitely one of the last of a dying. He was one of the last of a dying breed. Uh, you know, I'm I'm partial to them hardcore coaches. That was a real nigga coach. Yeah, take no shit, coach. That's that's my that's my that's my generation right there. Yeah, he treated them like men too. Though. That, it went re- with dignity and respect, 100%. Hey, he, he was responsible for Allen Iverson avoiding jail time. You ain't lying. So, but, you know, the main thing is he treated them like men. And, you know, he's, he, he's, he's, he was not known as a coach that degraded you in order to build you up. Like, he treated you with respect like a man and expected that of you. Um, and so, we'll definitely, we'll definitely miss him. Uh there will be there will not be a there will not be many coaches to come that was uh of his magnitude. Yep. Uh rest in power. We miss you. We love you, John Thompson. Um speaking of coaches, you know Steve Nash is coaching the is coaching the Nets now. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Bruh. Look okay, this is this is a short <laughs> this is a very short sports aside. Right, right. So for all you motherfuckers who were mad talking about how how Steve got a shot at being a coach without any prior coaching experience when there are there were a bunch of black candidates that he jumped in front of to get it. Like y'all y'all are forgetting like half your favorite coaches right now. Look, Jason Kidd, y'all. Jason Kidd was coaching the year after he retired. He got the coaching job before he officially retired. Y'all forgot about Derek Fisher. Yes, Derek Fisher Ooh, was a poor choices coach. Yeah, that was that was. He great. also didn't have any coaching experience. Um, we don't we don't treat black coaches right when they get the job. Right. Y'all been disrespecting Mark Jackson for a hot minute. Mark Jackson didn't have any coaching experience before getting a coaching job with Golden State. That man built that template that won them rings, mm-hmm. and y'all ain't treated him right since. Followed by Steve Kerr, who did not have well. Steve Kerr had some assistant coaching experience prior to going to Golden State. But the point remains, y'all. Shut the fuck up on this shit. Real talk. Quit trying to make a conspiracy out of everything. One hundred percent. Y'all, y'all Brooklyn, don't treat Brooklyn's the black gonna co- suck regardless. You know what I'm saying? And the Knicks are also gonna suck regardless. Y'all might as well get used to it. I said it. Who's that terrible? It, 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 and then not all black coaches are good. That's very true. 
Who's who's that terrible coach the Rockets had for like five minutes? Brown. Brown. Oh, you know who I'm talking about. Last name Brown. Garbage coach. Not Mike Brown. Mike Brown. No, Mike Brown was with uh well, he was with Cleveland. He was with Houston for like 10 seconds. He was an assistant coach. Okay. But yeah, Mike Brown. Mike Brown, this ain't it. Professional basketball ain't it. He had a, but, he, but we gave him a chance. He had a chance. But yeah, Mike Brown was garbage. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's our little sports aside. Y'all don't really give a fuck about... People listening to this podcast don't really give a fuck about what we think about sports. But yeah. Y'all got to chill out. Uh, I don't think Steve Nash is the answer to the Nets. I don't. I I, I don't think he's going to. I think they need more than what he has to offer. Yeah. Uh, But leave that man alone. Um, Y'all better respect these people that are. That are LeBron's age coaching. (laughs) Um, What else happened? Marcus Houston. Marcus Houston. Finally had finally married his 19-year-old bride at a, quote, ultra-private wedding. I bet it was ultra-private so the authorities don't know where your ass at. Woody Allen looking at <laughs> This motherfucker. I, I, I have to highlight this again because I have to say it again. I'm going I'm to say it every time his name comes up on social media for you dumb fucks that are, that are uh, defending this man. All you niggas that had something to say about August Alcina... Talking about Jada was an evil predator pedo. None of y'all had the same energy about Marcus Houston. None of you. Nobody had the same. I, I saw so many people making excuses. Well, he just met her young. Yeah, no, that's the problem. Chick was 16. <sighs> also, masquerading as, also described as Chris Stokes, quote unquote, play daughter. What the fuck is a play daughter? What does that mean? You supposed to have play cousins. You supposed to have play, play cousins, play friends, maybe play brother, play brother, play sister. I don't have a play daddy. I don't have a play daddy. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Not in the least bit. We and, don't play like that. And that just sounds very molesterish. And no woman I know has a play has a has a, a a play daddy. I have met women that have called me daddy. I don't get to refer to them as my play daughter. Marcus Houston, I have to repeat this, and I'm gonna say it every time your name comes up in social media. You are the undisputed king of the nasty niggas, mm. and you only a nasty nigga because Chris Stokes was a nasty nigga to you, which makes you second generation nasty nigga. Mm. The next generation. Nasty niggas, the new class. Nasty nigga, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty nigga, the saga continues. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my face. And then this bullshit excuse you can come up with, talking about you a Jehovah's Witness. Oh, come on, Nigga, man. suck my dick. Are you out of your fucking mind? You are a nasty, pedo piece of shit. And if I ever saw you on the street... I would beat the shit out of you personally. Taking advantage of this young, taking advantage of this young girl grooming. This is this is textbook grooming. Don't act like it ain't. 
this is a gross, and and we and I think we all as a culture. I said this before on the podcast. We all as a culture owe Raz B an apology because yep. this nigga really did jump out and scream from the from the rooftops that this was a nasty nigga and nobody believed him, and we made a laughing stock out of this nigga. And then they kicked him out of group because they because they because they dismissed him as crazy mm. because we dismissed him as crazy. Y'all don't man, see y'all gonna start listening. Yeah, all this cancel culture shit. Y'all ain't never have shit to say about that. Cancel your fucking self. I hate y'all. I really do. Sometimes some days I really do hate y'all. Um, did you watch the Brandy and Monica verses? I did not. Unfortunately, I am uh, that American that's been buried in work for the last couple of weeks, and I just yeah. I completely missed it. But I've heard, I've heard things about it. I will, and I don't want to get into a long thing about the uh, about the the verses because I don't have that much to say about it. But I do have certain things to say about it. Uh-oh. One, the Brandy Monica verses was a Rorschach drawing. It was an ink blot test. It was a Rorschach drawing. However you feel about Brandy and or Monica, you probably felt about that exchange. Mm. If you feel like Brandy is a is a goody two shoes prissy bitch, you probably felt like she was acting like that during the verses. What? If you felt like Monica was was stuck up and thinking she better than other people, you probably felt like that about the verses. I feel like Monica just wants to whip somebody's ass at any given point of the day. I feel like Monica can and will whoop somebody's ass at any given moment. I, there was a couple of times uh, I I feel like she could have gone inside Brandy's head. Brandy was having a good time. Brandy was having a good time for Brandy. And let me tell you, sometimes that means she goes in her notebook and pulls out poetry. I shit you not. It wasn't good. Damn. I think Monica knew it wasn't good. And she didn't pretend it was. Um, I'm told that she warmed up a little bit after the thing was over. Backstage. But um, she was not feeling it for what I saw. She came out there to encourage people to free see murder. Oh, she did. That was the only time she looked engaged at all is when it was time to talk about see murder. His name is C... (laughs) Murder. <laughs> Why do we want to free? You know, I, I got. A, I saw a meme earlier this week that somebody sent me, which said all these people out there talking about free my homie so and so. It's like, nigga, his bail is two hundred fifty dollars. You go free him. <laughs> but his name is C. Murder. Why are we freeing him? Maybe he didn't do it. Maybe he didn't do it. Maybe he didn't. But maybe he did. Well, <laughs> anyway, I'm not going. Monica was riding pretty hard for him. Yeah, Monica was riding hard as shit, and had some and had some some free C murder shirts on her. Mm. And Brandy was like, "Can I get one?" And she looked there like, "Yeah, you can get one." She, she's not getting one. She's not. Let me just let these right here. These right here already. These are already for these ain't your size. Yeah, it's for them right here. Uh, when we done, I'm gonna go to the car and get yours. What size? Okay, I don't know if I got a medium. I got a large, but I'm going to see when we finish the show. Real talk. And to date, Brandy probably has not gotten her free Mm -mm. shirt. Nope. Um, The other thing I will say is that 
Ray J. Willie Norwood Jr. is <laughs> not a good person. He's a terrible person. But I will say that I appreciate that the only person he loves more than himself is his sister. Because backstage, when Brandy started singing When You Touch Me, this nigga was this nigga was lip syncing backstage with his homeboys all into it. Re reenacting the one wish video. All that was missing was for them to take a five minute break and this nigga come out on a scooty bike and start selling them fucking Raycon earbuds. Them eighty dollar earbuds. Eighty dollar earbuds that I better not waterproof. Mm. Um it was a good exchange. I'm not the person to talk to about the competition aspect, who won what round and all that shit. Because I think I've gotten to a point where I don't care about the competitive aspect anymore. Because these are usually two people that already have the respect and the bag. So what the fuck do I look like really investing in who in in who beat who in the verses? Um so I didn't have that much to. I didn't. I wasn't really that invested. I just wanted to hear some good music from both of them. I definitely. I'm. Uh, those of you who know me know I'm a Brandy stand from day one. But Monica got some hits that I forgot about. Yeah, I'm, and I'm not. I'm not. She's definitely been through more drama with her label that prevented those hits from being as big. Let me guess. Her number two song is "I Want to Be Down." Oh, that's Brandy. No, and, yeah, and she did, Number, and she went on and did the cheat code and did the and, and did the remix. The remix yeah, what you, I mean, what you, you got to do the cheat code. The original don't count. <laughs> did the little butterfly move and all that shit. Yeah. You know, Ray J was back there feeling that shit. Mm. Um, I will say, I, I will say that the production level on Brandy's shit is probably superior. Okay. Um, this is somebody that has worked with a lot of great people. Monica's worked with some great people, too. I wasn't going up as hard for, you know, whatever this new song is. She got she, she had some shit out with 2 Chains and a couple other people that, you know, I, I wasn't feeling it. But I respect Monica's, I respect Monica's catalog. Um, now everybody wants to, now, now y'all gotta stop calling for some of these short-ass verses. Y'all want a Shanti and Carrie Hilson to do some shit. Nope. That's a. <laughs> I don't want to hear knocks you down five times. There's two rounds it's, to each one. Tops. And they both gonna be knock you down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear that shit five rounds in a row. The fuck. Now, if y'all just want to look at them, that's fine. All day, all day. If y'all just want to compare IG photos, I'm down for that shit. Let's go. Um. Yeah, they had. They had, I don't know. I, I, it, was it a Shanti? No, it was a Shanti and Keisha Cole. And that ain't going to be much longer. That's going to be an hour long. Uh, 45 minutes. Ashanti and Keisha Cole. Yeah. We, we spend more time talking about Keisha Cole's family than actually listening to her music. This is true. So, yeah, you're right. Um, no. Keisha Cole finally finalized that divorce where they... Where, where they I, I guess they've been beefing all these years over spousal support. And apparently she ain't got to pay spousal support and neither does he. Um, I assume he doesn't have to because he's broke. And he ain't got no fucking job except loving hip-hop. And they ain't coming back till God knows when. Shit, maybe never. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't playing arena. He ain't, he ain't playing that whatever that D2 basketball is he was supposed to be playing. <laughs> um, 
What else happened? Oh, we got a short little Drake watch. Yeah. Uh, that's always nice. Drake watch uh, where we okay. tell you about what Six God is doing, who Six, who Six God is doing it with, and whether there are coded messages to Rihanna in it. So, <laughs> the pop star video happened. Yeah, it the, did. I, and I, I literally just saw it. The pop star video, DJ Khaled, um, since in the era of social distancing, they've been trying to figure a way around these uh, these video shoots. And I guess the gag was that uh, Drake is not leaving the house at all. He's in Canada. He is in Canada. And, yeah, if... It, I, I, I don't know if U.S. is letting Canada in, but Canada's not letting U.S. US in. in at all. So, if he leaves, he can't go back. Exactly. And so, um, they replaced Drake singing pop star with Justin Bieber lip-syncing it. Doing all the turn-up house party shit that Drake would do. Mind you, it's something that's been done before. This has been done before. Many times. But... In the era that Justin Bieber is as weird as he is now, yeah, I have to admit that is what made it hilarious for me. Because the last time we talked about Justin Bieber, he was definitely at Kanye's Sunday service <sighs> singing Never Would Have Made It. Yeah. Which he does not meet the weight requirement for. No. No. I repeat, in case you didn't hear that episode, there's a weight requirement to sing Never Would Have Made It. There's also a wig requirement, too. Your yeah. wig has to be slightly askew. One hundred percent. As you were, as you were singing that song, um, I enjoyed it. And you have to be an old black woman, by the way. You have to be an old black woman or a pre-diabetic man. <laughs> um, I will say that um, Kanye, not Kanye, um, Drake, Khaled, and Bieber are all three people who have teams that are very self-aware that understand their caricatures Mm -hmm. and have encouraged Drake Bieber and Khaled to fully lean into these caricatures yes and it's infinitely entertaining it's 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 a transparency that's very welcoming to someone like myself Um, it's it's definitely the power of social media and the ability for people to connect directly and to be themselves and to not be characters now obviously drake is probably being a a little bit of a caricature of himself oh yeah but it's also very on par with what we tease him about it almost takes the fun out of it sometimes that's true that's true and i think part of i think part of that's the point yeah to beat us to the punch yeah um so yeah i enjoyed it i enjoyed the song um i'm i'm ready for whatever drake's project is yeah i'm ready I'm probably not going to like it, but I'm I'm ready for it. It's, uh, it's called Certified Lover Boy, so it's probably just going to be him. Yeah, it's going to be a little singing. sensitive. Yeah, it's going to be a little a lot of singing, a little lavender, a little soft-handed, <laughs> a little lavender, a little a little, a little Palmer's cocoa butter. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um. Also, oh, I, this, I didn't have this on the list to talk about. Did you have you heard the Big Sean album? I did. I have. Yeah, I did listen to it. What did you day. think of the album? All right, I know a lot of people had. I know a lot of people kind of didn't feel good about him being as introspective as he was. Content-wise, I thought 
I, I, I appreciated it. Like that, and that was the one thing that I noticed. Like content wise, he he's not, you know. Sean has always been a person who sprinkled in moments where he, I guess, speaks inspirationally of of his accomplishments. Um, this one was a lot more grounded, I think. Um, you know, he only I think he only pulled his dick out a couple of times on this album. <laughs> I think he uh, had to get a little introspective though. Yeah. Um, in the wake of Naya Rivera's death. Yeah, I agree. I think he had to go there. I think he had to go there to address people because you know people were trying to get him the fuck out of there. Like the the Naya the Naya hive mm-hmm. was trying to get him the fuck out of there because of that I don't fuck with you song. Yeah. Apparently they just figured out that shit was about her. I don't understand what people are listening to. They're listening to the beat. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair. Yeah, that's true. Because otherwise, there's no way you couldn't know that what that, that was about her. Yeah. And, and you know, it was, um, content-wise, it was welcoming. Um, yeah. A lot of the music didn't slap, but it is what it is. Did you like the Friday Night Cypher? Uh, for the most part, no. Okay. Um, and, and honestly, because it's a nine-minute song, <laughs> I, uh, I skipped to Royce the 5'9 and Eminem. <laughs> That's that. I, I, I thought it was all right. I, I thought it was all right. I worked out to it. That's different. See, that's a song like when you work out to it, it's kind of passive. You just kind of develop in a workout true. rhythm. Yeah. I'm not. I, when I listened to it, I was working from home at work, working gotcha. from home, you know, and more actively listening to it. And I was like, gotcha. wow, this is who are these dudes? How, fuck, this song is nine minutes long. Yeah. Let me skip ahead. Now, well, and I won't talk about it because I haven't heard it, but, you know, we haven't done as much music review as we used to. Uh, Bryson Tiller dropped some shit. I'll probably have opinions on it next week. Okay. I did not know that. Jasmine Sullivan also dropped a single for the first time Mm. in years. Let me know how it is. Uh, I'll definitely give that a listen and let you know. Um, What else do I have here? Okay. OnlyFans news. Now, what? Let me be very clear. What? To address this because some because some of you listeners definitely have asked about my relationship with OnlyFans. <laughs> We're not doing a recurring OnlyFans segment. Okay. Okay. But while we were away, enough OnlyFans shit happened that we have to talk about it and that it's a very interesting compare and contrast. When it comes to content creating. Gotcha. A 26-year-old teacher was fired from her job Mm -hmm. because they discovered she had an OnlyFans. Hey, y'all. Times are tough. We're in a pandemic. Times are tough for teachers in normal circumstances. Teachers got a lot of time to be at home. Some of them are thinking about their careers, thinking about if they want to continue teaching and dealing with your raggedy, infected ass kids in school. Some of y'all are being some of y'all are being made to go back to school. Some of y'all are being made to go back to physical classes, which doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't know if that's the case with this teacher. Uh, I know she had a lot of time at home to make some extra income. God damn it, she needed to be doing it. Yeah. Um, I'm not mad at her. I'm not. I've seen the pictures. I'm not mad at all. 
whatsoever. As a matter of fact, I want somebody to throw me her Instagram handle or her Instagram handle so I know how to find her on OnlyFans. Um, uh, now, that says a lot about the fact that the restrictions that teachers have to go through now mm-hmm. just don't match up when it comes to the COVID era. Very true. Because y'all aren't paying them enough. And there are people that are being... I, I have a, I, Somebody told me a story about how they were... They were they were let go technically, but they were not fired. They were being kept on staff just in case. Oh, they were furloughed. Yeah. Yeah. And they can't get and they can't get unemployment. Yep. Because you're so, technically employed. You're just not working. You're and just not, not being currently paid. active working. Yeah. That makes no fucking sense during a pandemic. None. And we have and we have to. We have to revisit this and unpack it uh, because the, the the schools are just not being flexible in the regard that yes, teachers want to teach, teachers did sign up for this, but they also got to eat, and you and, know, and y'all aren't paying them enough to for them to go to to the length and extremes that y'all want them to go to. Fully understanding the moral implications. Of, of such of such an issue fully understand you don't want to accidentally you don't want your kid to accidentally trip across a risque photo of his teacher and some lingerie nipples out because you know y'all are scared of nipples um you know parents a little leery about that but at the same time teachers are doing much worse shit on the on the sly look than having it only fans. Not I'm not going into that conversation. I'm not going I'm not other, going into that conversation. Other than either. to say you are understating it grossly. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Yeah, there's much worse shit happening with some of your teachers than a fucking OnlyFans. I want everyone to remember that teachers are just like you. Yeah, they are. And just know how fucked up you are. That's what teachers are like. So don't don't hold them to a higher standard than anybody else, because not only are they just like you, they have to deal with your raggedy ass kids all day and, One need, and need an escape from it. Hundred percent. Um, on another side of the OnlyFans spectrum, there is the Bella Thorne issue. Okay, I don't know who Bella Thorne is. I've I, never seen Bella Thorne in my life. I had to look it up. Same. She was like she's a Disney person apparently. Yeah. Um, that must not have been my era of Disney. I doubt she was on That's So Raven or Under the Umbrella Tree or some shit. Um, so, Bella Thorne, uh, apparently she's in this mode where, you know, the Disney, the, uh, some of the Disney chicks, they try to break out and be sexy. Vanessa Hudgens. Um, and so she went and got OnlyFans. A bunch of people followed her. Of course they did. Um, she said she was going to drop some nudes. Mm. The nudes were like, it was like $200 or something to unlock these nudes. And after look, okay, not shaming. Not shaming. Just just stay with me. Okay. Stay with me. Let's go. Um, That is on the moderate side to unlock some of these, to, to unlock nudes as far as OnlyFans people go. 
she was being modest. There are porn stars that charge way more. Um, and so when people finally unlocked the nudes, they turned out to not be nudes. They turned out to be just her chilling in lingerie, which is drastically different from nudes, which is drastically different, especially when you are paying $200. Mm-hmm. OnlyFans subscribers lost their fucking shit, as they should have. And she got her money and got the fuck out of Dodge. She made over two mil. Mm. Off of not nudes. And when people went to OnlyFans and wanted their money back, OnlyFans had to pick up the difference. Or some percentage of the difference. I don't remember. All, all to say that when it came down to it, finally OnlyFans capped how much you can charge for those microtransaction nudes. Mm. Which is like $50. So... Which is not much. So sex workers lost their fucking shit at Bella Thorne. After seeing photos of Bella Thorne... Y'all ain't missing shit. Uh, if y'all paid $200 for that, that was your fault. <laughs> I'm being honest. Yes. Meanwhile, look at the photos of, these, of this teacher that I was just talking about. Lord Jesus. Somebody might have to work out a payment plan. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd I'd finance some shit to keep to keep on her OnlyFans. She was bad. She was bad. I think she's gonna be alright until she finds another job. Which will probably be OnlyFans. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I wanted to highlight the Bella Thorne thing because this is part of what I was talking about with the Joe Budden situation and the podcast and the celebrity podcasting situation as far as when when celebrities enter an arena with amateurs when it comes to content creation. Correct. It's going to dilute the market. Absolutely. On some, on on one end or the other, it's going to dilute the market, and this is why Joe Budden was all up in arms about certain people getting into the content game, because it ruins the standard now. Nobody, it, it, sex workers deserve to be able to charge whatever the fuck they're going to charge, whatever their clients are willing to pay for and have been paying and for. have been paying up to this point. So y'all let one person who's not even part of this system come into the system and fuck it up. For everybody. For everybody. That's what happens when celebrity content, when celebrity people try to get into the content creation game that they did not make their name off of. They're going to bring their fan base. They're going to make their bread. They're going to get the fuck out of Dodge and go back to whatever they were doing to begin with. And now the market's fucked up for people that got to live, that, that got to eat off of it. Yep. Um... On another side of the OnlyFans drama, um, professional reality TV person, um, in other words, professional talker, Masika Kalisha from Love and Hip Hop and Growing Up Hip Hop and a bunch of other shit that y'all don't really give a fuck about. She has a perfect light skin forehead. She has a supreme light skin forehead. Uatu the Watcher. That's how. I, any anytime you got that forehead, that that Rihanna, that no, it's not quite a Rihanna forehead. But <laughs> when you had that forehead, that's that's usually the sign that you got the gorilla grip. So, <laughs> Masika Kalisha 
loving hip hop, growing up hip hop star. Um, also, Fetty Wap's baby mama, which she will never let you forget ever in any conversation. Um, went on Instagram and faked a kidnapping. She faked her own kidnapping. She got on Instagram and told people that she was being sex trafficked and that she had to make a certain amount of money on OnlyFans so that they would free her. Come on. She dressed... Oh, man, she put on, like... She put on makeup to look bruised and all that shit. Because that's what kidnappers do, (laughs) y'all. Kidnappers will (laughs) kidnap you. And instead of waiting for a bag of actual money... They're going to kidnap you, wait for people to sign in, wait for people to bid on things from your OnlyFans, wait for that money to transfer to your account, wait for you to transfer that money, leave an electronic trail, to their account as well. Because that's what kidnappers do. That's what kidnappers do now. Wow. (laughs) Dumb as fuck. Y'all goofy. And nobody, now granted, I don't think anybody went for it. Um. But people drag the fuck out of her because that's not cool. That's not cool now in the era of protect black women to blow the horn like that. That's some goofy shit. And then when they asked her, and then when they asked her about it, she said she was sorry if anybody was offended. But at least now y'all are talking about human trafficking. Can I tell y'all what the worst apology is to me? <laughs> Go for it. Don't ever say I'm sorry if you felt offended by something. Talk about what you're sorry for actually doing. What you did to offend yes. someone. That's a different topic altogether. I'm sorry for having a Mack truck forehead and doing something <laughs> as dumb as triggering people by pretending to be kidnapped. And Masika's cute. She don't have to do shit like that. Really doesn't. She got that, she got that immaculate forehead. She's at least... I mean, she's been in L.A. for a while. She's at least... Three faces into the game. <laughs> um, you know, she got them big old titties. Uh, she has that big fake rivalry rivalry with Hazel E. Um, she got a lot going for her in reality TV fields. She didn't have to do this shit. It, it, that's, it, that's another thing that bothers me. When attractive people who are already going to be in the top echelon of their, of their game have to go and do extra shit to try to up their up their ratings. Just dumb shit. I mean, there are podcasters out there doing that too, but I'm not gonna say those I'm not gonna say those names because I advocate for civility in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um But I just thought these were three very odd but in their own way kind of important stories within the content game, especially OnlyFans, is is becoming within the OnlyFans cinematic universe. The, <laughs> um, I think that OnlyFans is becoming a focal point for the conversations we have about amateur mm-hmm. uh, content creation. Yes. Um, and I always I always support the creator, except when they're faking their own fucking kidnapping. Um. And so I thought these were very interesting, important stories to highlight um, just to show you what you're up against in the content creation game. Um, But for now, did I cover everything in Big Sean album? Okay. We'll be back. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Foolishness and Fuckery. You're listening to Opinions While Black. Sober conversation with the least sober team in podcasting. Pour up. 
back. Yep. We are black. Mm. We are opinionated. I can I can tell you, I can speak for myself. I am a little toasted. This fucking with this whiskey lemonade. This new and improved like why did you have to improve the formula? <laughs> <laughs> this shit was dangerous already. And you had to fuck around and improve it. I wanted a slightly different taste, and I think I got that one with you, this one. You definitely got that. Um, at the expense of my sobriety. <laughs> um, and for and, and, you know, for those of you niggas that have been asking about the recipes I use for the shit we drink on this podcast, I don't know if I'm ready to give that up. Mm. This whiskey lemonade, this is gold for me right here. This is this is one of the best concoctions I have made in quite some time. At some point, it hurts. <laughs> I am not sure that I'm ready to give up this particular recipe. Um, as we go down the road, we'll talk about it. I don't know. Um, when Outside's open, we start having in-person events again and shit. Um... If you niggas ever sit the fuck down. Man, just just two weeks, y'all. Sit down. Two weeks would make all the difference. And what's fucked up is Houston's numbers are actually have actually dropped considerably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Texas's numbers have not. Correct. Um, and all that's gonna go out the window uh because of this weekend, because you niggas can't oh, yeah. sit down. Look, I have a suggestion. If y'all want to hang out, go to Dallas. Absolutely. Just go to Dallas. 100%. All of y'all just get together. Just walk. Just everybody walk into a Neiman Marcus simultaneously. (laughs) Just go to Dallas. And get each other sick there. Don't get each other sick here. Go to Dallas. Stay there for two weeks. Maybe more. Ain't shit to do in Dallas, but stay there anyway. Um, Keep that shit out of here. I don't even care if you go to Austin. Go to Portlandia. Damn. Portlandia, uh, Texas. Portlandia, Texas. Um, that might be the name of this podcast. Portlandia, Texas. There we go. Uh, one random thing I wanted to bring up, because uh, I'm always trying to keep you guys in the know, is uh, before we go into our next segment, have you seen this new Samsung Home Assistant with legs? Nope. This shit, it's a it's a home assistant. It's supposed to be like Sam's. I think it's supposed to be Samsung's answer to like Siri. Oh, I got you. But it's got legs. I thought I had it. it was a oh, screen captain. No, thing? that ain't it. That ain't it. That's not it. No, no. Okay. I got one worse for you than that. I saw that one. No, this is the one. Right here. It's like a robot dog, but it's a home assistant. Oh fuck no! That looks like that shit from Black Mirror. That looks that looks like the robot spy from Johnny Quest. Nope, I'm good. I'm good. Fuck out of here! Y'all ain't learned shit. Y'all ain't learned shit from iRobot. Y'all ain't learned shit from any number of these shows that are trying to tell y'all what's happening. Terminator. Did y'all just not watch the last Terminator? Let me tell you something. Because I, I know what's happening. The tech companies have already foreseen the beginning of Skynet or whatever AI is going to rule us all. It's called Google. 
and they are all just trying to impress. They're all just trying to come up with the next robot body that we're going to see swarming the skies to impress our new robot over overlords before the end happens. This motherfucker has legs. Why do y'all need a home assistant with legs? Why do you need Siri to have legs? My Google Home really knows too much for me. Sometimes my, my TV will be playing and I didn't ask Google shit and it, it it'll, like somebody on TV will say North Dakota and Google will just jump out. North Dakota is the home of... Nope. 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 Unplug that bitch. Fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready for the robot apocalypse. Anyway, it's time for White People Must Be Stopped. Skirt, skirt. Uh, we got a couple special uh, stories here. Danielle Kahn. I'm going to say her name is Kahn. Okay. Uh, stole Ashanti's Foolish song. Covered. Covered. As she says. Excuse me. Covered. Covered. Covered without permission, which is stealing. When you cover some shit, you don't tell nobody that's stealing. Did a music video for it, which is like the Kids Bop version. Mm. Sounds like the Kids Bop version. Sounds like, you know, the karaoke version just takes all the nutritional flavor out yeah. of the song. Yeah. It was that shit. She was singing off the karaoke version. The gluten-free version. The gluten-free version. Thank you. Um, And... All I can say is, I hope Ashanti's coming for that ass. She's definitely coming for them checks. Fuck that shit. That was horrible. Uh, Y'all want to talk about all this white fishing and shit? Listen. Uh, We were okay with the whites visiting when the shit sounded good. (laughs) Nobody gave a fuck about Robin Thicke when 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 the shit was sounding good. He, he also, wasn't ripping he, off Marvin Gaye. I was about to say he wasn't covering, but he, I guess. You know, nobody gave a, nobody gives a fuck about these about these visitors as long as they mind their business and the shit's sounding good. But when y'all really start coming for the culture in a way that is kind of nasty, that's when we have an issue. Like I don't have a problem with Adele walking around in a Jamaican flag bikini. So much at carnival. So much as I do, y'all burying the lead at the fact that y'all niggas really trying to have carnival during a fucking pandemic. I, I will say also, as one who buries the lead, it. it I, I saw the picture of Adele, and it, it. To me, it encapsulated the absurdity of this entire year, in one shot. Yeah. I. I. I just. What the blood clot? <laughs> what the blood clot? I, I just, I, I just, I don't have as much sympathy for people railing against it as I would in normal times because when you're trying to have fucking juve during a pandemic, I feel like you get what you get. You're gonna get it too. About ten percent of y'all go get it. Well, it's gonna be more than that. Uh, y'all catching that shit? All y'all catching that shit? Um, and that's really not even the only thing you got to worry about catching some of these little events. Mm. Um, some of y'all are going to try to smirk. Some. Raw dog. Uh, <laughs> in further news, um, 
Jessica Krug. Now this is a this is a person whose name has reverberated throughout uh, the culture on social media lately. I've been bombarded with this woman's face. I did not know who who this was until Woke Book was already debating it. Um, apparently, this woman is a activist slash uh, writer slash author. All this all this shit and. Apparently, it just came out that she is, uh, in fact, not Afro-Latina. Like she told everybody she was. She's white, white. Or as the New York Post said, it was a pigment of her imagination. (laughs) Who said that? New York Post? New York Post. You know what? The New York Post is a piece of shit. Is a piece of shit of publication. But they come up with some headlines for your ass. Yeah, they had that headline heat for that one. Um, I was kind of jealous. Uh, right? Um, I will say this, y'all. And so a couple of things bother me about this. One, if you look at this woman, nothing about her looks Afro nor Latina. Nothing. Yeah. She looks Italian if she's lucky. She don't even look Creole. Not, not remotely so. This woman, This woman just looks old and backwater. Damn. She's an extra from True Detective Season 1. Yeah. You're the Yellow King. Anyway. Um, two. Her name is Krug. Yeah. K-R-U-G. What, what person that is Afro-Latina <laughs> or Afro-Latina have you ever met in your fucking life named Krug? Everything about that sounds master race. Everything about that sounds like she was on Inglorious Bastards. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? Who missed this? Now, I, and I am being slightly unfair. Be, and I am being slightly unfair to the culture because I was, I was inboxed. I was inboxed by a couple of people that wanted me to know before I reported this and before I was bombarded with this link to the story, which I was. That there were um, more than a few black people who were onto this woman, mm. who had been shouting, who had been shouting about this for years, and were told to go away and shut the fuck up mm. because she laid on extra thick with her story that she came from a broken, drug-infested home. Why, why did they always start with that part, though? That's always the starting point. Guess what, y'all? I'm black. I did not come from a drug-infested. Nor broken home. It is not part of everyone's origin story. It's not. And when you get caught in your bullshit, stop saying that you came from a broken, destitute, forlorn, forlorn, poverty-stricken home. You fuck it up the narrative for everybody else. It's true. Most of us are fucking regular middle-class-ass people. Regular motherfuckers. Who had lives that are just as boring as yours. I had central AC and a refrigerator and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? I was not raised in abject poverty. And I still got to deal with y'all raggedy asses. Yeah, that, that, we're not even at the shut the fuck up segment yet. It's true, but she can. But but both her and the people, a lot of y'all can shut the fuck up. Because now y'all getting into this notion of one thing I saw a lot on uh, Twitter about this on the social media in general. In response to this was the notion of gatekeeping blackness. I am Ooh. I am gatekeeping. I am a proud. 
then this this is not me talking. I am a proud gatekeeper of blackness. I got something for that when we get to the letters. Um, foreshadowing. Foresh- okay, well, okay, so I'll save it. I'll save it. Because uh, I got some bars about that, too. I will say this. Nothing about this woman looked Afro or Latina. And this must be a difference in region. Maybe this was up north. Because she would never pass. She wouldn't pass for shit down south. They would think she was Mexican down here. Really? If they if they don't in like the white south, passing or some shit. Well, like if you're if if you're in the south and people don't know what you are, they just assume you're Mexican. Okay, that's fair. All right, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, she didn't look the part at all to me. I'll say that. Uh, I don't care. I don't give a fuck what they what she said. Talking about she showed up to work in skimpy clothes and shit. I don't give a fuck about none of that. She ain't nobody I'd be looking at anyway. Mm-mm. Um, I will say that. I won't say as much about the gatekeeping. I will say that um, the fact that people are still trying to ride with this and get away with it is goofy. Terrible. Um, this is worse than the dude that tried to sneak his that tried to sneak his girl the football player tried to sneak his girl in the hotel <laughs> in football pads. Uh. Um, it's goofy, man. I, I I don't know what the fuck. White it's it's like white people are getting worse. Not even just on the racism and 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 violence tip. White people are getting worse in the decisions they make it's, around our culture. It's desperation. Is it desperation? Mm-hmm. Everybody, what well, you know? I guess everybody trying to get that bag. Um, it's nasty, man. I I don't even know. I don't even know. That's a weird. Everything about that's weird. Everything about it's weird. Um, everything about people who tell me that they were fooled. Son of Baldwin got dragged. Damn. Son of Baldwin got dragged because he said he was fooled and that he invited he invited her into the culture with open arms and shit. Um, the fact that Son of Baldwin thinks he has the power to invite anyone into the culture is kind of comical to me. But that's also indicative of what Son of Baldwin is like. Yes. Um... When you are a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Hmm. Um, send your racist stories, your real-life racist encounters, along with your listener letters, questions for myself and D. Randall or any of our guests. Please send those to opinionswhileblack at gmail.com or visit opinionswhileblack.com where you can freely uh, find any of our social medias and get in touch with us, whether it be on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, you can purchase merch. Yep. Visit the merch store. Opinionswhileblack.threadless.com We'll be back with your listener letters and the top three STFUs. You're listening to Houston's most savage podcast. Pour up. And... We are back. Uh-huh. We are black. Uh-huh. We are opinionated. Certainly. I have to say I am appropriately shit-faced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, or at least headed towards shit-faced. We're getting there. Um, it's time for your listener letters. Let's go. Uh, on Facebook, we have from Vernon Keith, who asks, What is an appropriate response for white friends who are still having Let's Look Beyond Political Difference convos? In, on Facebook threads, a hundred comments long, but missing any non-white voices. 
Stop having those conversations. This is this is the same as people trying to figure out what's going to happen in Black Panther two. It's avoidance. One hundred percent. Like there's there's a certain there's a certain respect and decorum that I have with my friends in which we are allowed to speak upon things that we disagree on fundamentally, but in a way that we're not just shouting over each other. Right. But trying to, even if we're not trying to reach a, a mutual ground, we're at least trying to reach a mutual understanding of each other's point of view. And the, the and I'm probably going to go way off tangent here. Sure. The problem that a lot of y'all have when y'all are fussing on social media is that you just want your point to be heard. Right. You don't necessarily have an interest in understanding another person's point of view. Now, I said just last week, and I was pissed last week, and I still stand by it. I'm not interested in hearing both sides of an argument right now. No. But when I normally listen, when I normally engage into a discussion with someone, I understand that we're not, the goal is not always to agree. At, at the very least, I want to understand why your opinion is what it is, knowing full well that I will not change it. I have no intention of changing your opinion. Right. But at the very least, I want to understand where you're coming from with it. And for people to avoid something simply because the other person disagrees with you, mm -hmm. it's kind of cowardly. But at the same time, some people's points of view are so stupid that they just need to shut the fuck up. 100%. Because, and that's why I had to mute a bunch of people having those those Black Panther 2 discussions. Because I know in some of those nerd groups, these are the same people that just don't know shit about shit on any other topic at any other time of day. Mm -hmm. So it's not really worth trying to unpack with them. Yeah. And it's not worth trying to engage because not, like you said, not everybody is, is arguing for understanding. Right. Not everybody's arguing for understanding. Not everybody's arguing for noble intentions. Right. Cardi B has been having it out with Candace Owens. And I think she's the last person to get the message <laughs> that we just need to stop fucking engaging Candace Owens. Yeah. Um, because she does, she, she's not trying to make anything better with the discourse she's having. She's just trying to up her own, you know, it factor. Yeah. Back in the early 2000s when I worked for A-Bank, uh, most of the folks my age that I worked with were, let's just say they were Fox News viewers. Okay. And Bush was in office at the time. Okay. And these people that I worked with were, they, they voted Republican. Sure. Now, again, I'm not a person that, that will discriminate against someone simply because of how they identify politically. Mm -hmm. I discriminate people based on them being pieces of shit based upon no, how they sure. identify politically. And I will say with these guys who were, again, my age, but very, very much conservative leaning and me still, I still consider myself a self-professed moderate um, at times. They're, they're definitely at, at times. in the bubble. Yeah. And you're definitely in, out of that bubble. Yeah. They, we were able to have discussions about, and, and I never discussed politics or religion at work. Gotcha. But there were a couple that I was comfortable with talking with at a happy hour because they were able to discuss it in a way that wasn't based on this is what I believe and your belief is shit. Theirs was this is why I tend to lean this way. And you probably find that you have a lot more common ground with people and that y'all actually want the same things. You just take different ways to get there. 
But when you dismiss an argument simply based on what you feel like that person believes in, then you just miss the whole point. What's the, what's the fucking point of having an open platform for discussion when you choose to avoid discussion all the fucking time? You yeah. never lied about that. Just because they don't agree with you. Right. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that helped. Um, what else we got? How Allen asked... What do you think of Dr. Dre's ex-wife asking for 900k for entertainment? What can what can you do? What can you do? What can do you spend that money? What do you spend that money on during a pandemic? She also Dr. Oh, so for for those of you who don't know, Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre's ex-wife asked for some exorbitant amount of money, 2 million per month. 2 million a month. This this child support or just alimony? Alimony. Alimony. Okay. One point nine million to be exact. Nine hundred thousand of it was for, for entertainment. Entertainment. A hundred and thirty and this is per month, by the way. This is per month. A hundred and thirty five thousand dollars per month was for clothing. Twenty thousand dollars per month is for phone, internet, no. and email. No. I want to know what type of connection you have for twenty thousand dollars a month. Because I need that email. That, I need that internet connection in my house. I need that house. internet connection for Call of Duty, no doubt. Real talk. Let's talk. But, um, I, what do I think? I, for 900 k for entertainment, I think she's paying for dick. A million dollars a month to be entertained. She's paying for dick. That, that's obviously what it is. I've been watching a lot. I've been watching Wolf of Wall Street a lot. And you know they have the Nasdaq. You know when they they had that whole scene where they were breaking down yeah. the 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 level of prostitute they were fucking. Yep. As according to the stock market, um, they fucking the big time. They they fucking the big time stock. Okay. Uh, prostitutes, and I think I I think his wife is paying for dick. Well, sex work is getting expensive. Probably it's, so. It, we're especially, in a pandemic, especially since they're getting divorced. It's probably and they can't, so. And they got to make it up because they can't make it on OnlyFans. I'm just saying. Uh, Vernon Keith add, added to the question, and why are rich dudes still getting married without prenups? In his defense, he got married a long time, very ago. long time ago, very long time ago, when it wasn't quite certain that he would be close to a billionaire. He, I'm sure he thought he was marrying for love. Um, I'm sure he didn't think he'd get to be a billionaire. Um, you know, nobody, nobody sees, nobody predicts being a billionaire. Yeah. Um, they predict. I mean, they can predict how to stay a billionaire, but I don't think anybody predicts getting to be a billionaire. Right. Um, uh, Tyler Perry just got announced as a billionaire, which, sure, okay, good for him. Mm. Uh, eat the rich, regardless. Um, mm. This is including, especially Dr. Dre. Eat the rich, bro. I don't. I, I don't feel bad for any of the things that she's asking for. Um, if she could get more money out of him, I would advise her to do that. Eh, I, I'm not I, sure that's going to happen. I I want a billionaire to I want a billionaire to pay out the ass for any. Inconvenience they put someone through where they have to be compensated monetarily. Eat the fucking rich. No one needs to be a billionaire. They don't. No one needs to be a billionaire. And period. Pe- people celebrate wealth all the time, but realize when someone is a billionaire, that money came from somewhere else. 
there's not an I don't want. I don't want to go down the road. Nope, not doing it. I was say there's a whole. It. We could we could unpack that all day. Not doing it. Uh, we're not doing it today. <clears throat> uh, David J. Anderson asked, Dave, um, can the works of H. P. Lovecraft and his impact and contributions on the sci-fi horror genre be discussed these days without acknowledging his bigotry and racism that was a very integral part of his beliefs? So. Ideally, yes. Because I, I I read some Lovecraft before I figured out that he was racist. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I don't... I'm, I'm not canceling it. I'm not unenjoying it. I still enjoyed it for what it was. I enjoyed the Lovecraft... I enjoyed the Lovecraftian kind of style of storytelling for what it is. And I also hold in my, I can also hold in my heart, can we talk, you're asking can we discuss these things separately? Yes. Sure. Because he's not the only problematic author in the genre. Right. People still praise Orson Scott Card while admitting that he is a raging homophobe. Mm Mm-hmm. So we can have thoughts about the work without having to unpack thoughts about the social issues, um, unless the work makes it clear that those that racism or white supremacy directly informs the work. And and I think that's kind of where I draw the line in it. Like, does the yes, does the racism inform the work? Uh, the I only L- read one Lovecraft book a long time ago, and didn't I? I didn't get that vibe. yeah and, and and even on that same vibe like even something like mark twain reading the works of mark twain which you know are highly problematic oh, by sure. today's standards the things that i enjoyed about the books at the time had nothing to do with the racial undertones that were all throughout the books right um it's and, and Dave, that's actually kind of a it's it's a very good question. First of all, Dave, because it's on the one on the one hand, we want to enjoy what we want to enjoy based on what it is about it that yeah. we enjoy, but we do have to take a pause sometimes and and really think about like yes, there are a ton of racial undertones in, in what we're reading, and, and if you look at the beliefs of the author, you absolutely have to keep that in mind. Because at the same time, that's also being washed over by our acceptance of that. And it's, it's something that, it's definitely a contradiction. It's a paradox, actually. Um, how do you enjoy something knowing full well that the person whose words you're reading probably considered you much less of a person when they were writing those words? And, and that's, a, that, no, that's right. And... Sometimes you just have to make the distinction about the work and the the effect the work had on what the person went on to do. For me, mm-hmm. I can I can't listen to R. Kelly, right? Because for me, supporting R. Kelly and the money he makes off of people supporting him directly funded the shit he was doing. Right. It directly and it directly went to insulating him from accountability. R. Kelly, you know, R. Kelly got, uh, somebody tried to stab him in prison. Oh. Good for him. Um, 
Put Somebody so, tried to stab put him. Some, put something on that man's commissary. Put something on his books, please. <laughs> um, get that man a bar of soap or something. I agree. I agree. Um, let's get some. Let's get the community in on this. Let's get some of these uh, nonprofits uh, to make sure this man's all right. Can we buy some like? Can can, can we buy some of them Nation of Islam bodyguards? <laughs> make sure nothing happens to this motherfucker. Actually, he probably look. If he tries some shit like that, they're probably like, bro, whatever you want. We, we you got good. you. You <laughs> good. We got you. Guards just going to look the other way and yep. shit. Uh, Karen also asked, can we also get answers on why white women's liberation is on the back of black struggle? Um, because that's, that's, the, that's the template. If they, can't, if, if they can't buy it, if they can't destroy it outright, they can co-opt it and uh, take it over. That's what they do. And fem and and black people's feminism, black women's feminism is is way different. Um, and it's not a structure in the way that like Black Wall Street was. Mm-hmm. So you have to co-opt it and 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 try to render it useless from the inside. That's that that's that's my take on it. Um. Let's see what else we got. Uh, Twitter, uh, DJ Burn wants to know why are people honestly shocked and acting like racism was created in 2020? Because it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is very straightforward and very simple. Because any any time you don't have to deal with some shit, it's always brand new to you. Anytime you have been your privilege in whatever form that comes in, has insulated you from dealing with some real shit, it's always going to be shocking and new to you. I remember the way feminism had changed, and probably not really changed, but what I knew feminism to be had changed with my maturity level. Um, A lot of shit that women went through was new to me. And a lot of little shit that men say to women that can be offensive was new to me. It's always, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of that when you ain't never had to deal with some real shit. I have a very simple answer for you. And and it's very particular to the year 2020. Okay. Uh, It's because we got time. We got time. That's true. Think about this, y'all. We're a lot of, a lot of the protests and a lot of, the, the prolonged activities surrounding racial injustice has happened in the pandemic era when people are not at work or when people are, quote unquote, working from home or working from home. And, yes. and quite simply, people got time. They, we got we got time to be out here for 40 days straight or, reflecting or, you know, they got time to be out here for over 160 days until they arrest the cops that murdered Breonna Taylor. Taylor. So fuck Daniel Cameron, by the way. And and the whole point of this is to make people uncomfortable and to make them realize that yes, this racism shit is a thing. And every time it happens, we have the time to show you that this shit is happening and to make you uncomfortable by it. That's why they're trying to shut down protests and they're trying to call out the National Guard. All this other shit that's going to fail because now they're being shown on a daily basis. Okay, y'all going to show us black death? We're going to show y'all what causes it. And we're going to be out in these streets every single day shouting at your bitch ass 
until you do something about it. Um, we got we got yours. We got one more, and then we got an actual letter. Okay. Um, uh, Tales to Enrage uh, on Twitter says since it came up in the sad news about Chadwick Boseman last week, is it appropriate for white people to say "rest in power"? Is that something we should avoid out of <laughs> ad- ad- adopting out of respect? Okay. If you have to ask, the answer is probably yes. I, I I can say I could say no now, but if I saw if I saw a white dude saying "rest in power," I'd probably feel a way about it. I I would only feel a way about, or something. at least I would feel awkward. I would only feel I would only feel a certain way about it if someone co-opted "rest in piss" because that's mine. I created Absolutely. that myself. I, 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 I've seen him do it. I've if seen you him say, do it. That's his. If you say rest in piss, I said it first, we can fight. Um, I, I don't know. That's, that, that one is, I guess, I guess we came up with it. I'm sure we came up with it because it's clever and it's original um, and profound. Yeah. So, I don't, I, I want them to keep the same energy when a white person dies. Like, True. If you say rest in power to chat with Bozeman, then you got to say that to everybody now. Exactly. Just like if I got if I get in your Uber and you got and you got hip hop music on, you got to prove somehow that you were playing this before I got in here, or that you were, or or that you actually listened to this shit. I have I have Uber drivers tell me, oh yeah, you listen to Big Sean, man. They'll okay. engage you about it to let you know that they're yeah. actually into it. Spit these bars right now. <laughs> um, we have. Oh, you had one. I do have one, and this you comes. Have one, I have a letter. This comes from one of our frequent listeners, friends, uh, a friend of mine personally. Uh, I'm not going to put a name out there just in case. Okay. Um, but basically. She got involved in a Facebook discussion with someone who reposted an article, or not an article, but a, a tweet. That was her first mistake. Yeah. Um, and this this whole interchange is why I'm not on Facebook now because I don't feel like having these types of discussions with people who don't use their who don't use their real names, who don't use their real fucking names or their little hotep name or whatever. Yeah. So this person tweeted. Uh, reposted a tweet on Facebook from someone who said, y'all be so mad. Y'all be so mad. I love that. When we talk about colorism, that you fail to see that the privileges afforded to light-skinned black women in black spaces is part of what attracts the white women black fishers in the first place. This is what she was responding to? This is what this is what began the conversation. Okay. Um, so basically, this person in this tweet is saying that, in effect, that light-skinned women need to check their privilege at the door when they're talking about colorism, mm-hmm. because the 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 presence of the the existence of light-skinned women opens the door for white women to appropriate black culture. Okay. Okay. So yeah, right. Stop so, engaging these people. Now, my friend is she is she is a light skinned black woman, Creole. Sure. Okay, uh, married to a white man. They have three beautiful children, and the two daughters 
twin daughters look they look very white and we've you know people always kind of we all kind of joke like they just look straight up white like like damn near blonde hair and blue-eyed white but they identify as black she teaches her kids that they are black they understand exactly what they are and she she and, and from knowing her she's had conversations with them for their entire lives that you know People are always going to look at you and wonder what you are because they genuinely do. Like if you saw them, they they look white, but then you see her walking with them, and you kind of and, and they kind of like, okay, so what's really going on there? That's right. just how people are. It's shitty, but that's how people are. So she, my friend, got into the conversation, and this is a conversation about colorism, and said she's prepping her girls for the day that someone comes at them and accuses them. Of being an appropriator like Rachel Dolezal. It can and will happen. Again. Yeah. Okay. They, okay. It, if I showed you a picture, you would understand. Like, that, uh, they, they that look, shouldn't be the focus. Right. Okay. But people are going to do that. Sure. Like, people are going to look at them and say, are y'all really black? Because with her People being, are people. That's going to happen. Right. Okay. Fair enough. That was her contribution to the conversation. And the other person jumped back and said... Dark-skinned women will have every right to question your children and be weary of them. And then in all caps put, every right. Every right is strong. Very strong. Every right is strong. And that's exactly, that's, and it, that's exactly what I want to get into. I, you, you, you got a little more? The, that, that's the gist of the discussion there. Okay. But the, the perception is... Again, you're, you're having a conversation about colorism. Here is someone who is light-skinned who's talking about her experiences being light-skinned. Like, uh, and someone who I know who's, who's been criticized for, quote-unquote, not being too black because she's light-skinned. Um, not being black enough because she's married to a white man. All these things that, again, have nothing to do with who she is merely saying that her daughters are going to experience something along the lines of colorism and here is someone who is telling her that if a dark-skinned woman approaches your very 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 fair-skinned children that they have every right in all caps to question them and challenge them on their blackness let me let me go ahead and let me help you out real quick Nobody has the right to just walk up to anybody and charge them up about shit. Right. Nobody. No one. If they're not if they're not doing harm within the culture, if they're not doing harm to other black people, if they're not silencing other black people and then and or they're or if they're not if they're if they're if they're not centering themselves in a conversation they shouldn't be in, you get to shut the fuck up and leave them alone. And I'm sick of this. Um, it, this goes right into this idea y'all have of gatekeeping blackness. Mm -hmm. I hate this shit. I hate that fucking word, gatekeeping blackness. Because anytime somebody uses the word gatekeeper, that scares the shit out of me, and I don't want to talk to them anymore. Because anybody that sees themselves as the as the end all be all arbiter of some shit in the moment isn't somebody that's worth your time. Gatekeeping blackness is a terrifying thing. Gatekeeping any Social construct is a terrifying thing mm -hmm. because it never just stops at the thing you had a problem with. Yes. 
it, it's not gonna, just going to stop at that instance that that person was discussing in that post. It's going to go on. And we've seen people get drunk with power with this uh, gatekeeping shit. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Kinfolk Collective losing her fucking mind. Mm. Kinfolk Collective is, it, she's losing her fucking marbles right before, your, right before y'all's eyes. It went from being a colorism issue to every fucking post you make three times a day is you declaring war on light-skinned people. You you are now in a mode where you are just outright declaring war on light-skinned people every fucking chance you get. Light-skinned people that ain't did shit to you. I always say, if you're going to take an issue with somebody, if you're going to take an issue with anything somebody does, they have to have done something to you. They have to have they have to have done something to harm the culture. Light-skinned people are not harming the culture. The way the culture and the way the outside world and the way the white gaze perceives light-skinned people is harmful. Correct. But light-skinned people didn't get here trying to be that. Correct. And they didn't get here trying to get one ahead of you. They ain't sitting up at night thinking about your black ass. And it's going to get to, and because it's, it's not going to stop there. And the way we perceive phenotype is so subjective that this woman, just Jessica Krug person, who does not look like anything approaching white passing or Afro-Latina to me, Mm-mm. got over on some of you niggas. Mm. And if the if the if the landscape is that different between me and those people, I know the people that are gate that want to gatekeep blackness aren't just gonna stop at a light skinned black person. And and they're gonna they're gonna feel so empowered that they're not gonna stop because blackness is not monolithic, nor should it be. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna stop until the only black people that count anymore are Jonathan Majors and Viola Davis. Everybody, everybody in the culture ain't just ain't just a black as midnight with a bell pepper nose. Yeah, and that's okay. And they get to be a part of this shit too. I don't understand how y'all want people to how y'all want to galvanize people and galvanize a community and a culture, but y'all want to kick people out at the same time. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Mm. How are you the arbiter of a social construct? Mm. How are you the arbiter of a social construct that you didn't create? Preach. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Y'all listening to these woke influencers. These woke influencers are getting drunk with power and they starting to just say gibberish and don't know what the fuck they talking about. Never mind the fact that Kinfolk got a light-skinned nigga at home. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my face. Anybody that tells me that they want to gatekeep some shit can go fuck themselves. Real yeah. talk. Why don't we just keep a better eye on the whitefishers? We can do that without being gatekeepers and being the end-all, be-all arbiter of some shit. Just because you got over on doesn't mean you got to declare martial law on blackness. What the fuck do you think you are? Man, you felt that with your chest. Man, people crazy. People want to be... People People don't want to stop until they become the exact same shit they want to crack down on. Yeah. And they don't have the same energy using fake screen names. Not at all. Use that government. <laughs> use, Not at all. Use that government. Be what real. The, what the fuck planet are we living on where people want to live and die on the hill of being a, being a, quote, American descendant of slavery? 
Y'all trying to get away from the slip. Y'all trying to get away from the uh, slavery narrative in the media. Now y'all want to put it on your back. These are the people that want to gatekeep blackness. I don't trust the people that want to have this conversation. Mm. I don't trust the people that want to have this conversation. But they're also the same motherfuckers that just figured out that Bobby Caldwell was white. <laughs> there are times when you need someone. I will be by your side. Look at ass. I don't trade. I don't. Trust you, niggas. You just figured out Bobby Caldwell was white, and somebody had to tell you that Rita Ora wasn't that Rita Ora wasn't black, even though she told y'all in several interviews that she ain't. And y'all just didn't believe it. Y'all trying to drag her. These are the people I'm supposed to trust to have this conversation about gatekeeping blackness. Nigga, suck my dick. That's how I feel about gatekeeping blackness. Just because you got a, just because some old Italian lady got over on you, now you want to make the whole culture suffer for it. Fuck you. Fuck you. Real talk. Damn, I hate these woke motherfuckers. I really do. I, you know, I yeah, I got my feelings about it, but it's because I hate these fake woke motherfuckers because they ain't doing nothing but creating the, but they're they're making the the, <laughs> the whole concept of woke a hollow thing. Yes, they're turning it into just some cool kids table bullshit. Where if you sit if you sit at our table, you just gotta say the right things and agree with us all the fucking time. Or we're going to drag you and screenshot your shit. It's just a bunch of Umar Johnson shit. Just like that dumb broad that tried to get me the fuck out of here because I say suck my dick. I notice you haven't stopped saying it yet. I have not stopped saying it and I don't intend to. And I have yet to be canceled. And guess what? Our ratings increase every fucking month, you fucking nincompoop. Suck on that. I am still here. Oz is still here. <laughs> Suck that dick. Damn. How about that? Show me the numbers for your trash podcast. Mm. Sounds like you recorded it in a gas station bathroom. We have a letter. Damn. <laughs> We have a letter from Chef Ibersol Fallon. All right. <laughs> somebody said there. Somebody said sometimes they worry about me and my rants because they're worried I'm going to have a stroke on air. <laughs> hey, I just, I'm fine. That's what the that's what the liquor's for, guys. That's what it's for, man. It thins your blood so that it doesn't coagulate. Exactly. Like, you know, doesn't clot. Helps yeah, I to prevent drunk quite a bit of this shit. Yes, you have. Uh, Chef Ibersol Fallon has a li- has a letter. Um, Peace, Oz and Damien. Just wanted to say that as a fan and senior contributing white people must be stopped correspondent, I was always down for the idea of opinions while black merch. T-shirts, buttons, you name it. I even thought about putting putting stickers, before I knew they existed, mind you, all over the inside of the van to correspond with the playlist I constantly frequent while lifting. But it wasn't until I, I, it wasn't until I was really perusing uh, perusing the website last month and saw the design specifically the blank while black stickers and how it was designed to go with everything something that clicked and i couldn't that something clicked and i couldn't shake it two years and somber moments notwithstanding the podcast it's meant to be jovial and humorous for the most part dare i say even educational y'all are drunk half the time railing against jason whitlock at all costs (laughs) and it's fucking brilliant i love y'all Anyway, point is, when I saw the blank space on the sticker and t-shirt, 
I understood it's meant to be positive, empowering even. It's meant to be celebratory in all the ways things we can, we can do and be while black, which is awesome. However, given the uprising and what, and what seems like the most brazen and emboldened times to still be killing black folks in this country, I can't shake the association of that blank space with all the, with, with all the ways in which black people also become ghosts for just trying to live. Damn. And I just think it's fucked up that I want, I want to own merch that celebrates how non-monolithic we are, but at the same time reminds, reminds me of how uniquely I, as a black man, might lose my life doing something as innocuous as blank while black. Anyway, don't know if either of y'all had that thought, had that thought about it, uh, <laughs> had thought about it in that way before, but clearly I couldn't help but to do so. Peace, fam. Here's the difference. P.S. Oh. Titties. Thank you. Thank you. Here, here's a different chef. When we were coming up with ideas for the merch, we were drunk. We were. <laughs> you're this speaking, is true. You're speaking with a very sober mind. But but a little look behind the veil, though. Yeah. Um, the discussion that we had about the blank while black was, I, I, don't, I don't even think that we intentionally thought of it as being something uplifting and positive. Uh, it was is really from the same viewpoint that you expressed that blackness is not monolithic. Yeah, and we wanted to do something that was. At first, I had the thought that we were going to do a bunch of shirts that said a bunch of things that like podcasting while black, right? Or like for teachers, we do teaching while black, or you know stuff like that. And we were just going to have a line like that. And then I thought to myself, there's so many, there's, that, that encompasses so much, and we could go on forever doing that. We instead just decided to uh, do a blank while black, and you, can, and you can define your blackness. Right. And it, and it could be, you know, it could be for better or for worse. The, the one interpretation that I really enjoy that Chef brought to this, though, is that the whole ghosting aspect of it. Like, right. At sometimes we can't even define what it is. What we are. While black, and that's 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 a lot to to take in on a non sober mind somebody, right now. Somebody's just gonna leave that shirt blank, and it's gonna blow somebody's mind. Yeah, I like that, bro. It's so brilliant. That's fucking crazy, man. Everybody order their shirt right now. It comes in many colors. It does. Um, opinionswhileblack.threadless.com. Um, with that said, we are going to finish strong. Uh, oh, thank you everyone for your letters. Opinionswhileblack.com, opinionswhileblack at gmail.com. Uh, ways to get in touch with us. You know the drill. Uh, now it's time for the top three STFUs. Who are the three people in America that need to shut the fuck up? Uh, we have a runner up. Um, I almost want, I, he's like 3.5 at this point because I saw some shit, I saw some shit on Twitter just today as we were doing our little pre-production meeting um umar johnson oh god damn umar's back um umar basically was saying he was on instagram earlier saying that 19 that black america spends i'm not kidding 19 million dollars on grits a year and that if we just let go of the quote-unquote slave food and give him the grit money he could finally build his uh, fake, his little fake uh, Hotep X Men school. So, 
my my very short answer. To Nineteen him, million, y'all. My very short answer to him is: Last time I went to New Orleans, stayed at my cousin's house for a few days. We had homemade shrimp and grits for breakfast every morning. And my good sir, if I have to choose between my cousin's shrimp and grits and your raggedy ass, abandoned building ass, school for bullshit. I'll gladly put $19 million back into some grits. Real talk. I don't even eat grits. You must not know anybody that knows how to make some good grits, sir. (laughs) You ain't from the South. You ain't got no people from Louisiana. Slave food. You are not a descendant of Frederick Douglass, my my guy. Your bitch ass eating. We've seen the Burger King rappers in your fucking house. Real (laughs) talk. Clean your room. If that ain't slave food, I don't know what the fuck it is. I don't know what is. Uh, grits, slave food, suck my dick. You just never had good grits. You ain't you, and, and but, I don't even eat grits that actively. I think it's just a butter delivery system. But I, it's a good one. I bet his ass out there eating polenta though, which you know is white people's grits. Yeah, polenta. He'll I did eat, just figure that out. Hominy. I bet Man. you out there eating that shit, nigga. If you eat corn, you eating grits. He Shut the fuck he, up. He's you seen him? He thick as fuck. He eats oatmeal. I like oatmeal, but but like box oatmeal. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Right. He you used got, to like that, that bland box oatmeal. Yeah, get that steel cut. Yeah, real talk. Uh, yeah. So Omar Johnson is basically on the list. Uh, number three this week, Summer Walker is back on the list. God damn, Summer Walker was having thoughts again outside of music. <laughs> She basically railed on Future's baby mama. Because, you know, Future's in this shit where uh, uh, the baby mama is asking for like 53000 Oh, no. He's 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 giving her 53000 no, a month or something. She wanted 53000 He countered with like 2000 I think it's, she's going to end up getting like 3000 something a month. And Summer Walker thinks this woman is an extortionist just trying to get over on Future. And that 53000 is too much to be asking for. Y'all, Dr. Dre's wife, Dr. Dre's ex-wife is asking for like 900K for entertainment alone. I think we need to get a get an idea of what is too much. Also, it ain't like Future ain't got it. Also, I mean, Future still went up in her raw. So it's not like... I don't, yeah, I don't have anything that's... I don't have any, any sympathy for the pockets of a man who just... Who just keeps getting people pregnant? This is like his third, fourth baby mama. Who's future? Oh, I don't even count the he got, he got eight kids or whatever. So I don't yeah. even, I don't even count the baby mamas. Like, after so after two, I don't have any more sympathy yeah, for you. Like, you just want to do this shit. You just want to be doing this shit. I don't have any sympathy for you. Second of all, Summer Walker doesn't have any fucking kids. Why do you keep having shit to say about? Raising kids when you ain't got kid one. Not only do you not only do you not have kid one, London on the track, your boyfriend, is currently beefing with his baby mama about far about a child support that is far less than fifty three thousand dollars. And he don't want to pay that. 
Get your house in order first. The fucked up thing is, London's baby mama wants her to shut the fuck up talking about talking to parents too. Talking about talking about you don't know talking about you don't know shit about shit but music and cleaning toilets. Man, people's mamas. Unless it's about <laughs> abuse, actual abuse, get out of people's pockets raising their kids. Shut the fuck up, mind your own business, and hope London don't get you locked up, locked down for 18 years. We got London on the track. My God. Summer Walker is outside the... Like, the Summer Walker in the music and the Summer Walker that has thoughts and opinions... The building just don't match the plans. Which is why she changed the design of the nose. Oh. I don't know. I just, she's just never had unintelligent thought outside of the music, ever. As a person who does not have kids himself, I offer zero, and I repeat, zero unsolicited parenting advice. Even when people ask me stuff about, like, what should I do with my kids, the first thing I say is... I don't have kids, so I don't feel comfortable answering that. Yeah, I start every sentence off with "These ain't my kids," and they got it. They got to basically beg me, like, "No, I won't take offense to it." Uh, I wouldn't trust Summer Walker with a fucking puppy. Nah, she trying to feed a. She if she's trying to feed a baby three peas in a pear. <laughs> talking about spending fifteen dollars a week, I I shudder to think what what would happen to a dog. Uh, number two is Jared Kushner. Oh. Uh, that so ferret-looking motherfucker. So we haven't heard from Jared Jared much. I assume because he's been figuring out ways to destroy Blade the Daywalker. Um, he has some shit to say in the wake of the uh, Jacob Blake incident and the and in the wake of the NBA players protesting. Mm. I want to say something else. Real quick. I know we're getting into that time. But y'all talking about the NBA players and how they didn't protest the whole season? Shut the fuck up. How y'all want to rail on Obama for meeting with them about playing again? The wheels were already in motion for them to be playing again. With or without Barack Obama. Yep. Barack Obama just wanted to salute these young men. For leveraging their their celebrity and leveraging their power within the league that they play in, y'all just do, y'all, I don't know what this shit is. Y'all just want to rail on Barack Obama all the fucking time now. Now he's not in office. Get off that man's dick. And strikes are supposed to have demands. Strikes sure. are supposed to do something. And guess what? They leverage the NBA into using these it, into using the their stadiums. Mm-hmm. For voting stations, correct, correct, which is a lot of which is a lot of room in the COVID era to socially distance people and still get them in the polling places. That is correct, and that was just one of the demands they made. So for those of y'all, you, just want them to just strike on some shit and just shut the fuck up. Y'all just want them to be mad with no action, and it's like they literally came out of it, you know, seventy-two hours later, with with. Plans and demands and actions that will directly benefit the constituents of the cities in which they play. Y'all just want to go in dragging somebody and don't know shit about shit. 
So, Jared Kushner. Uh, Jared Kushner, in response to the protesting, said, I think that the NBA players are very fortunate that they have the financial position where they're able to take a night off from work without having to have the consequences to themselves financially. Jared Kushner said those things in sequence, out loud, where people could hear him. Take a night off from work. First of all, these are predominantly black men that have already, a lot of which have already given up a a substantial part of their personal lives Mm -hmm. to be in a fucking bubble for months to keep people entertained, to keep their minds off of the fact that the world is imploding before our fucking eyes. Mm. On top of that, let's let's not even add the million dollar slave narrative that these people, that these people to to date, usually when people stand on some political shit in in sports entertainment, they're made pariahs. Yep. And so they have to have that knowledge that this could go very badly for them, and it and luckily it didn't. They leveraged the right place in the right time. This wasn't taking a fucking night off. As a matter of fact, this is added stress. Right. Hearing you say that was added stress for me, and I don't even play basketball. Eat a dick, Jared Kushner. Mm. Secure your job at Dick Sporting Goods when your father-in-law goes to prison, and they get all you and they get all you Trump sycophants the fuck out of there when he loses this election. Secure your job selling off selling off Bitcoin on Robinhood.com. <laughs> And shut the fuck up. Go fuck yourself. Fuck you. Fuck you and you, fuck you and your living undead looking ass. And your bond and your fake ass bond girl wife. He looks like a minor villain. <laughs> he looks like the dude that you easily beat in the game. He's the scarecrow in the Dark Knight. Yeah, you're like, oh shit, you ain't even a real nigga, <laughs> right? I would not be surprised if he if he didn't read for the scarecrow. <laughs> Wasn't the scarecrow terrifying as fuck right until he shows up and Katie Holmes just tasers him in the face? And now you've offended Celia Murphy. <laughs> and he was just and and he was just ineffective for the rest of the series. It, just, <laughs> it was a cool effect. Right. And then it was like Um And where oh, where am I? Number two uh, oh, and the number one person is Sean King. There's a couple of reasons to W.E.B. DeBroke. <laughs> Somebody said Alexander Scambleton, and I can't get over it. <laughs> um, so the man of steel, S-T-E-A-L, steel, <laughs> um, has been trying, has been using Chadwick Boseman's death to hawk merch. Mm-mm. This is exactly why we stayed away from do, from from selling merch exactly. for like a week and a half. Um, so I don't have the I don't have the letter in front of me. It's not important, but basically he starts he basically it's about him telling people how sorry he is that Chadwick Boseman died, and that if you really wanna if you really wanna inform yourself 
about uh, how important Chadwick Boseman was to the movement, then you should buy his book that has nothing to do with Chadwick, with Chadwick Boseman and has everything to do with his rise to quote-unquote success mm-hmm. as a scammer. It's nasty. It's super duper nasty. Mm. How, Sean King, this wasn't the time. How do you how do you operate in that in that mode without just feeling a little bit clammy sometimes, you know? I don't know. I don't I don't uh. I always wonder how the fuck he lives with himself. I'm sure he lives by himself because no one wants to live with him. No one. It's gross. Like I was oh, I was hoping I had it here. No. Sean King is the worst. And we the fact that he's that people are still donating money to him, the fact that people still buy into this shit. Sean King is I don't have words. Using Chadwick Boseman's death is the worst. You flip-flopping on Kamala Harris is the worst. And let me tell you somebody else who flip who 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 used uh who centered themselves in Chadwick Boseman's death. Amari Hardwick. That motherfucker, did you see that? The the acceptance speech? The yeah, yeah. Talking about he was talking about he was my competition. No, no, he wasn't. No, the fuck he wasn't. No, he was not. Light skin uh light skinned Nino Brown, go fuck yourself. Light skinned Nino Brown, suck my dick. Light skinned uh, light-skinned Morris Chestnut, the third most wooden actor in Black America. Fuck you. The 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 most truthful thing he said was that he was Common's twin. <laughs> what? In both stature and acting. That is the truth. That what? is the truth. I would. The only difference is I would rather <laughs> listen to uh, Omari Hardwick say AI. Yeah. Than Common. You can fly. <laughs> One nigga was in Black Panther. The other thing is in power. <laughs> you up here accepted an award <laughs> for power. For power. For the worst show on the fucking planet. You know, they just brought back book two starring Method Man as a lawyer. The fuck out of Man, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? How do you center yourself? That, you know what? I hate to say it. It's colors and somebody gonna jump on me about it. That's the most light-skinned shit I have ever seen in my life. That's the most light-skinned... My competition. No. Chadwick Boseman in no way was your competition. There's no way you could compete with Chadwick Boseman. Ever. <laughs> ever. The fuck? You and Sean King can both eat a dick. Eat the same one simultaneously. Why are you mad though? <laughs> oh my god. Omari Hardwick Omari Hardwick is so talentless it angers me. He's not good at anything but push ups. Nothing. He's the Nick Cannon of his of of, of his age range. Uh, Shamar Moore got more acting skills than him. And Shamar, and Shamar Moore is the corniest nigga I've ever seen in my life. Light skin the light skins is taking a hard L. And y'all and y'all let and y'all taking a hard L off of Amari Hardwick and Sean King. Y'all need to get your house in order. Drake gonna come and slap the shit out of all y'all. It ain't gonna hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you 
got them bubble wrap soft hands. Yo, <laughs> slap. He, and, and Drake wants us to know he getting brolic all the time. He the the shirts is getting bigger. He swear he want to be a Fast and Furious villain. I swear he do. He coming for Vin Diesel's neck. He think he is. Shut the fuck up, Sean King. D. Riddle, did we do a podcast? Oh, we certainly did. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Team Oz, y'all are the best. Thank you so much for sticking with us through this two-hour Labor Day drunken whiskey lemonade-filled episode. We've gone through two separate weather patterns during the <laughs> recording. <laughs> it was hot and sunny when we started. It was storming at one point. Now it was a monsoon. We, we went through the, the pre-production meeting. It was It was sunshine and lollipops. By the time his wife got home and we were about to start, it was a fucking monsoon outside. No. I'm pretty sure one of the Trump parade boats just washed up <laughs> in, in D. Randall's backyard. <laughs> oh, my God. Team Ajal, the best. We're going to be back with merch uh, this Friday. Absolutely. Um, uh, we're going to have some, some merch, especially for you quarantine people that are still doing what you're supposed to be doing. For you people that are sick of Zoom. Fuck. Fuck Zoom. If you're sick of Zoom like I am sick of Zoom, this shirt is for you. Own your shit. Don't give a fuck. Hashtag quarantine life. Um, until then, we'll be back next week with more foolishness and fuckery. Oh, I meant to tell you. Shout out to Euphonic. He got us some. He got us some gifts for to celebrate a hundred episodes. Uh, he got us some eighteen-year-old whiskey, which I'm certainly saving for a weekend getaway. Ooh, we might have to say that for episode one hundred. Yeah, or something. That's a very special occasion. Um, and he also got us some 20 or $30 water mm. from Italy. It's pretty good. It's, 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 it's I kind, like it. It's pretty, it's punched. It's punched. I, I like that word. That's a good I, I, word. I don't know what that even means, but it just, that just felt appropriate. That, yeah, it did have that. It, it had a little oomph to it. Yeah. yeah. Heft. Yeah, I like that. Gravitas. Much much love and respect from uh from Euphonic and, and much love and respect for everybody that is, that is uh celebrating us doing uh, being a hundred episodes plus in uh we love you and we appreciate the support it's only gonna get better guys it's only gonna get better uh we'll be back next week with more foolishness and fuckery until then I have been Oz I am D Randall as always forever in parting titties. Thank you.